from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist. Welcome to the GoodAtheist.net bonus podcast. My name is Jacob Fortan. And I'm Carissa Hendricks. Now, we had a little bit of a snafu. <laughs> I, we just finished recording a 38-minute show... <laughs> And I forgot to uh, re- set everything up properly, so now we have to redo the show. <laughs> my favorite part was that the thing you forgot to do was turn my mic on. So apparently, <laughs> so we, we hear you in the background going. <laughs> I am a Charlie Brown character in the other podcast, but it's kind of cool. I think you should put it up anyway, just like maybe as part of some bonus thing, just because it makes you sound freaking crazy. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that uh, that uh, site I showed you, Garfield minus Garfield. Oh, totally. That? It's great. <laughs> it's kind of, they take Garfield cartoons, they take Garfield out of it, so it's John talking to himself. It's psychotic. <laughs> That's what I love about it. You also realize, though, it's like like you said before, there, Garfield isn't really talking. It really is just him talking to himself. <laughs> and when you realize John that, is a you're sad like, man. this cartoon is about a man who can't get women going crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. That's John's main thing. He can't get women. Or the one woman that he tries to get, which is the veterinarian, I guess, has only a moderate amount of interest in him. Like, she only dates him, I think, because she feels sorry for the guy. And he owns... Mm. He, any guy, well, back back in the day, too, a guy who owned a cat, that's pretty weird. You know, you didn't hear a lot about guys owning cats. Guys could own a dog, and that was cool. But back in the day, if you were a guy with a cat, you were a fucking freak. Poor Ryan. Yeah, well, he is a bit of a freak. <laughs> Especially for that cat. Oh, my God. Okay, so we've got to... Hopefully, we're not going to parrot ourselves too much. But uh, first of all, I want to mention that uh, all of you guys had so many great responses to Carissa being on the show. Uh, despite the fact that apparently Carissa hates her own voice. Uh, that's because my voice is grating and annoying. Now, uh, her theory is that the only reason that people like her voice is that because she's attractive and are willing to forgive her for her little squeaky voice. I don't think it's a conscious thing. I just, I think that when I'm on stage and I'm performing, it's just you, you immediately go, oh, well, that voice is cute when attached to that body. It makes, because I have like a little squeaky, no, because my (laughs) voice is little and squeaky and I look little and cute. So instead of the voice being annoying and high-pitched, it becomes uh, high-pitched well, and cute. You're not fucking Fran Drescher here. And besides, uh. I mean, I think that you provide a nice amount of cuteness in an otherwise, you know, bassy, annoying, vitriolic <laughs> shop. I am I am the sugar in their coffee. And as being, and, and being mm. the first girl, I mean, we're not going to count Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> being the first real official girl of the show, I mean that's 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 nice. You know, I get to introduce a softer element oh, okay. to the show, and uh, and apparently, according to everyone, you kicked my ass to the Santa Claus debate uh, because I have to believe that all of you atheists out there are crusty curmudgeons who think that <laughs> uh, the the Santa Claus is the worst thing in the world, and you guys suck. That's not the issue. It's that not is that issue. he's the worst thing in the world. That is the issue. It's just that I don't want to lie to kids. Christmas man. can be wonderful Wussy. without belief. Fuck off. <laughs> I, you know, You're just resentful. This is the true reason why you didn't turn on my mic. Because you know that yeah. that I make you look bad sometimes. Yeah, that must have been the reason. That must have been the reason. <laughs> 
Okay, today we're going to talk about the invention of lying, a, a movie, the Ricky Gervais movie yeah, Ricky that we Gervais. just uh, watched uh, last night. And we'll also be talking about whether or not it's a good idea to date outside um, or to date somebody that's a different, that has a different belief than you if you're an atheist. First up, let's talk about the invention of lying. Now, uh, I don't know how many of you guys have seen it. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend you watch it before you listen to the show. Just basically because, I mean, number one, I don't want to take anything away from it. Spoiler alert. There's not that many spoiler alerts, but I just uh, think in general, if you're an atheist, you should probably watch it. You know, I, I put it off just because I'm not always the biggest fan of Ricky Gervais' work. Why don't you like Ricky Gervais? Well, like I said in the last show I recorded, <laughs> and I'm going to repeat myself now, is just, number one, he's been in my competition because he also has uh, a paid podcast. And I'm sure that mm. you know some of the people who pay uh, for his show are not paying for mine. Um, <laughs> so I hate him. He already has all this money, and he's charging people for his show. That's unfair. Uh, but the real reason is also because I find that a lot of times his humor makes me really uncomfortable. If you watch The Office or Extras, it's uncomfortable humor. You know, where you watch mm-hmm. it and you cringe. Where I, I can't watch two shows in a row. You know, isn't that the same thing that Borat's doing, though? Like, it was not the Borat thing where you watch it and you're like, I'm super uncomfortable. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean... Isn't that the new kind of humor? Well, it's it's part of it. But at least with Borat, I felt that the people that he was making uncomfortable... Uh, weren't always. I didn't mind them looking like idiots, you know, uh. because they're not always very. They, they're not very redeemable. Like when he goes over to that rodeo and he's talking to that one guy who thinks that you know gay should be executed. I don't mind if he makes those people uncomfortable, and I certainly don't mind when he makes people uncomfortable, you know, with their own racism, which is essentially what Borat is all about. You know, where uh, I remember that scene there where he's in those uh, the, 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 like these. Um, this rich couple's house or something like that. And they're all like, oh, look at us. We're so progressive. We have someone from uh, a different country here. And I think this is great. It's a cultural exchange. But then as soon as, you know, he starts acting up a bit, their true face comes out. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You know, you're just <laughs> expecting them to just pull out some kind of racist, uh, you know, diatribe. And he exploits the fact, you know, like the, the Jew-hating fucking anti-Semitic <laughs> element that's present in American society. That's that's a huge portion of what Borat is about, too, which is funny because he's a Jewish himself, which is... He's a Jewish. Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen. He's Cohen. A, but did you mean he's a Jew? Uh, whatever. He's a Jew. He's a Jewish. He's a Jewish. I enjoyed that. Bye. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to point out every fucking time I make a grammatical one. mistake. I just did one. You're so mean. I hate you. You're, that's the last time you're on the show. I'm going to kick you out of here. You're going back to Calgary tomorrow. My decision. Except for I was leaving Not the plane anyway. tickets. <laughs> okay, so it let's... So happens that I'm now, really IMDb gives the invention of lying 6.6 out of 10, and I want to hear what you give it out of 10. I give it an 8.5. 8.5? Well, one, because I love Ricky Gervais. I just think he's weird too i really enjoyed seeing all of the cool actors and in, in little parts all over the film like yeah there's a philip seymour hoffman plays a bartender louis ck's his best friend uh there's also edward norton that plays a cop like literally it's two minute role it's a two minute yeah, it, it's it, it's fun like it's a fun ensemble it's it was uh and it really looks like even when they're making the movie that part of the excuse for making that film was just so they could all hang out and have fun together yeah, it's kind of like Ocean's Eleven that way. Yeah, and I, I, I think part of the reason why I loved Ocean's Eleven was because 
Everybody's having fun? Everybody's just having fun. Same reason I like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Maybe, Everybody's that's, just having maybe fun. that's the appeal to of, uh, of, of the podcast. Everybody's having a good time. Yeah. We love people having a good time. Except for that I secretly hate you. <laughs> <laughs> then what are you doing on this show? I'm just using you. Just, you know you know what it is? You, you, you like the attention. I mean, uh, yeah. let's let's face it. It's true. You ca- you went on the, since the last show. I mean, how many days ago was this? Like four days ago? Not even since the last show. Um, you've you've even gotten emails from people, and uh, the yeah, people joined your true. Twitter. Uh, well, one one emailed you to ask me to get you to be on the show again, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, could you please forward this email on to Jacob? He's hard to get a hold of. Which also, apparently, you're hard to get a hold of on your website, so you might want to put like a little contact button. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But, you know, here's the thing. You guys can also leave comments in the comment section. I read every single comment that people put out. All of them. I mean, even from the crazies. I love reading from the crazies <laughs> because uh, there there are a few articles where people are constantly posting. Number one, it's the uh, t- 10 reasons why, Jesus is be- uh, why Superman is better than Jesus. And the second one that people comment a lot is this one that I called t- uh, Tired Christian Claims. Uh, Jesus is a historical person because you'll always find some, you know, some Christian guy that finds the the uh, the article on Google, decides to leave a comment saying, "You're wrong." There's all of these historians, and no major historians have ever debated the existence of Jesus. To which I usually reply, "Oh, you mean the historians that were Christians uh, and that believed in God?" Hmm. I wonder why they wouldn't really sort of think about it. I'm like, not every historian is an expert on all parts of history you know like there if you're a historian and you were you focus on specific dates and times i mean you why the fuck would you care to go back and sort of say well yes uh, jesus was a historical uh, accurate figure there's uh, at least three different sources and uh, that, that definitely are, are, are truthful about that anyways i'm not going to go into that but the point is i read <laughs> all the comments uh, <laughs> i read all the comments so you can you can leave a comment and odds are i'll read it but, okay, I'll try to put an email thing. Although, you know what, I uh, maybe you don't have to, because I, I think your uh, fans are relatively web-savvy. Because I think I got a little internet-stocked after I did the last podcast. There were people joining my Twitter and commenting on my YouTube channel. And I might not be the hardest person to get a hold of, but it's probably it's probably harder to find my YouTube channel than it is to find your contact information. Yeah, that's which is a little bit strange. But uh, what can I say? You know what? It, it makes me look like a superstar. You guys going out there and stalking Carissa because she's on the show once? It's fantastic. Yeah, did make you look pretty <laughs> that good. Must mean well. It either means that I'm that popular now, which is unlikely, or that you know people like you that much. Because uh, definitely, when I put up also the link to the atheist panty uh, pictures, which is kind of like how everybody really became aware of you. In fact, that's probably one of the ways that I became aware of you as well. And uh, you now have a nickname. You're the Atheist Panty Girl. Oh, wonderful. That's the nickname I want, to be known for my undergarments. <laughs> well, what do you want to be known as? No, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, I, I did get that picture done. I mean, I didn't even know you when I, when I decided to do that photo shoot and make those panties. Well, you were aware of who Good Atheist was, though, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. Yes, I did. But I didn't know you on any, like, actual... Personal level, no. Yeah. No, 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 no knowledge of me that no, 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 no. Okay, let's go back to the let's go back to the movie. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that IMDb's six point six ranking is pretty close to what I give it, like six point six or seven. You know, I, I give it a solid. It's because of your C. personal Ricky Vendetta. No, no, not just that. I felt that as a movie, because you know me, like I'm I'm hardcore when it comes to 
uh, movies. I dissect them. I look at how scenes are put together. Uh, I look at how, you know, in a movie, one of the things that I like the most is how they set up things, like how they use foreshadowing uh, in movies and stuff like that. That's something that I enjoy. Those are the details that I look for. And I felt that in terms of how the movie is structured and pieced together, there's none of that. And there's a lot of fucking holes and there's a lot of unexplained things. That annoys me because I feel... I, I mean, I don't want every movie to resemble one another. And, and it's nice to have something that's a bit different. But how a movie is put together plays into a big factor as to what I give it. You know, if you're an entertaining movie and you're really funny, but your scenes are shit and the way that it's filmed is shit and your storytelling ability is not very good, you're not going to get a high rank. I'm sorry. You know, I'm a movie snob. A little bit. A little bit of a movie snob. I think it was was, uh, bubblegum atheism and uh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed being able to watch a film that was like religion silly without it being super angry and crazy. It was just a bunch of comedians being silly and I, I really enjoyed that. Well, here's here's the thing that I uh, the, the the most noticeable thing is that if you watch the previews, you don't know what the movie's really about, or at least you don't know what some of the really major themes are about this movie, uh, because about halfway through it starts actually being more about religion necessarily than just about the gimmick of lying, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's also kind of what I felt was a bit weird about the pacing of the movie because you think that it's going to be about lying, but it's just it's a plot point. To make a broader, uh, broader point about religion, because in in one of the scenes, his mother is on her deathbed, and you know because no one has any religion, she's all scared because she's like, it's going to be an eternity of nothingness, and and uh, you know that's I'm really scared. So because he's the only man in the world that can lie, he decides to lie and tell her that she's going to go to heaven essentially. And people who are there, the doctors and some of the nurses, hear him, and because no one can tell a lie, they obviously think that he's telling the truth. And then they want to know more, and then there's a whole bunch of people that show up, and they're like, you got to tell us more about this. And the character decides, for some weird reason that I can't quite understand, that he's going to build a religion. That was the first part that made me very curious, because throughout the movie, he kind of displays this um, mild aversion to lying to people if it makes them unhappy. Because at first he starts lying for his own benefit, and the next thing that he starts doing is to lying to make people's lives better, uh, but then, sort of like when it comes to trying to build a religion, I just never get the feeling that that's what he's aiming for. It just seems more like everyone's like, "Well, you got to tell us more about it." And that's well, there's it. that scene where the he decides like he's not going to tell people, and then the female character, his you know the the female lead is like, "Oh well, Jennifer Garner, yes, the, oh hottie, hottie, thinks uh, says you know how happy this made your mother, wouldn't it make everyone happy?" And that's how she talks him into it. So, I mean, that theme is still followed because she. Her character talks him into building the religion and telling everybody everything he knows about about this afterlife experience because it will make them happy. That's his draw into it. And he's also, I mean, it's also the idea that he realizes that each answer will provide more questions. So he tries to create, you know, enough answers that people will stop asking him. You know what I thought was really uh, one of the plot points that I thought they could have explored more he says that sort of you have a three strikes and you're out in terms of bad things that you can do. And I thought it, it really – it would have been interesting if, if people started doing more bad things because they were kind of hinting at that, but they never really went all the way with it. Mm-hmm. Where if a person's like, well, I can get away with some stuff and you'd have like all you know crime rate going up and all this <laughs> other kind of shit because you're like, well, I got a three strikes, so I might as well just do two bad things and it won't be so bad. Uh, and I thought that was, that was a definite plot point that I would have wished – they would have just sort of like 
you know, elaborated on. Because I felt to some degree the story was still too much about, you know, like the, the romance between him and Jennifer Gardner, which just in my mind didn't even make any sense to begin with. I didn't feel like they had a natural chemistry together. I just felt that they were always better as friends, that they didn't make a good couple. I, I I just hate that fat guy falling for the really hot girl who starts to see his inner personality and inner beauty, and you're just like, come on, man, that's tired. That is ti- that's unrealistic. Why why can't we have characters that look like they're in the same league being together? Why is that <laughs> that's so crazy? Not interesting. It's not good. That is interesting. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. Everybody wants to think that they can get the really, really hot girl. I think that that's a really, really, really bad hot guy. That's a really bad thing to tell people because then they get all depressed when they don't have it, or then they yeah, they they, they, they date someone and they're like, oh well, uh, you know, they're not pretty enough, and they ignore the good parts of someone because we're so obsessed about youth and beauty in today's fucking culture. I mean, look at the age difference between leading men and leading women today. And sort of go back 40 years and look at the difference in age. I mean, now you'll have a 20-year-old falling in love with a 40-year-old and nobody says anything about it. They've been doing that for a long time. I mean, just look at the Audrey Hepburn string of movies. How old was Audrey Hepburn in those movies? Pretty young. And there's one where, what's the movie where she, she falls in love with Fred Astaire? And Fred Astaire in that film is like 45 and she's like 23. And, and like okay, in the in movie, the... they're supposed to be those ages. What's that really? movie? Uh, Funny Face. That's Funny Face. I don't watch those That's, kinds of movies. Well, I do watch those kind of movies. And I'm just saying, like that whole age difference thing has been going on in film for a long time. I think I think the, the I think the gap has really grown a lot more. I don't know, Fred Astaire and Audrey Hepburn. It's a pretty twenty two year gap. Give me one example and that's the only example you could come up with. Well I haven't watched that many What about films. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? I don't you know. know Sydney Portier and uh, what's the other chick? Shit, forgot her name. Now I look like an idiot. Fantastic. I love looking stupid. Love looking stupid. Because um, <laughs> you couldn't remember a name? Wow. Your yeah, fans exactly. have high standards. Exactly. Actually, no, it's funny because the, the, the lead girl, uh, the lead woman in it is actually an, an, an atheist herself, like a really famous atheist. Really? But I can't, for the life of me, remember what her name was. You know, I'm always so surprised. When we were watching a whole bunch of movies, we basically just watched movies when I was here, which I really enjoyed because I don't get a chance to watch a lot of films. And especially because I have a pimpin' setup. Pimpin' setup. Like it is pretty cool. Like a big TV and I uh, just download Sound all kinds system. of movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pimp. The light dimmy thing. I have a pretty pimp basement. I don't it's make a lot cool. of money, but my basement is totally pimp. And back home, I don't get to watch a lot of movies. I don't have a television. I don't have cable. Uh, mostly, you don't go, I you just... don't go out of your way to to find these kinds of things. Anymore. I don't. I don't. Like really. I, my Mm-mm. my pleasure was in, in 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 being able to show you all kinds of different shows, TV shows, the problem and, is, and movies is, you'd is never seen. The last time I came down here and visited, you got me addicted to that Top Gear show, and then I went home and watched like six seasons of it in a month. So what the hell's the problem? That's a huge time suck. <laughs> That's a huge. I time will not suck. be responsible for your lack of self control. That is not my fucking... I'm not your daddy. That was a good show. I just try to show you some cool stuff. That's okay. Should we move on and start talking about the other topic? Well, yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about atheism and dating for uh, for a little bit. Because, uh, you know, I, I often get people who send in emails and ask me questions. And, and, uh, and the Dear big one... Dear Abby. <laughs> the big one is always like, should I date someone who's not religious? 
And I guess it, I guess it's a pretty big deal because guess what? I mean, if if you're living say in the U.S. like most of the fucking fans of the site, then a significant portion of the population is religious. And odds are, if you're single and you're looking for someone, well, you know, you're probably going to dip your toes with a few believers. And the and and the basic question of should I date someone who's religious is a toughie because. I don't want to tell anybody to be single perpetually, and I definitely don't want to give anybody any negative advice. Like, if they are in love with someone who's religious, I don't want them to say, like, well, Jacob told me to break up with you, so I'm leaving you. I would feel kind of bad about that. But to uh, my... How much power do you think you have? Total power. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? Uh, it, It does sometimes a person telling you no... You shouldn't do that. It can go a long way. Don't underestimate that. I'm not saying just me in general. It's just that if, if there's a voice of dissension, it will be in the back of your brain. Okay. And you will hear it all the time, especially if you're dating someone who's religious and they'll, they'll say something that pisses you off. And then you remember that fucking podcast that you listened to where Jacob was saying, no, don't do it. Don't date anyone religious. And finally, that's it. You snap. You say, fuck off, bitch. And you just leave. So Okay, I forgive you for your egotism. I, <laughs> I wasn't saying that it was anything particular to me. I'm just saying that I, because I am the voice of <laughs> dissension, that yes, sometimes I may have an, uh, a kind of perhaps more influence that I should have. But because you are a girl, uh-huh. and specifically because you are a hot girl, hmm. uh, I think it would be interesting if you shared your opinions on... Again, because we did this radio show before, if you recall. I had a practice round. Now you did. So I want you to share your opinions again about whether or not you think that people should or shouldn't date uh, religious folks if they're atheists. Okay. But, uh, uh, Go. Okay. I'm just like, I'm just trying to figure out where to start. That was a long, you made that question very I long. know, but, but when I was saying the question, you should have been preparing the answer. All now, right. You don't have to Sorry. listen to me. Just, just. Just do what radio hosts do. I don't, don't listen to me. Think about what you're going to say next. Usually I don't listen to you. I don't know why I was listening to you in that particular moment. I was so fascinating right there. I apologize. So, okay. So, well, for me, the situation is that uh, as I've become more of a hardcore atheist, I've started dating less and less religious people. When I first started, you know, having grown-up relationships, I mean, I haven't had that many grown-up relationships. It was with relatively religious people, and, and I didn't really care. I think if you don't really care about religion, the other person doesn't really care about religion, then it, nobody really cares. It's not a big deal. But if, if you're paying Huds for this... you're listening to this Exactly. Podcast. You're probably relatively hardcore. And what I find is that, you know, if you're an atheist, you tend to get more hardcore because it's something you should be upset about, about the the takeover of this, this delusion well, can, that people give, have. I can give you a really simple example. Like, for instance, you ever hear that whole use 10% of your brain? Now, Ugh. when you know that's not true, how fucking annoyed are you when someone says it? Or the whole, oh, don't go out in the cold or you'll catch a cold. And as soon as you know that that is just a bunch of fucking bullshit... It's really difficult for you to bite your tongue and shut the fuck up. Absolutely. About it. And I, I mean, I, I totally found that. Like, I, I started dating, you know, religious people, and they started annoying me. And I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not saying that's why we broke up, but I'm just like, that's it's, what you're saying. it was a point of contention. And then I started dating the the two guys before I started dating more non-theist people were both Buddhist, because I don't, I don't know that. Not because I specifically picked them for that quality. I'm just saying that's very interesting that I, I dated people who were of a religion, which is less of a religion. Well, you you look at uh, I think I think in the West, if you're going to uh, become an atheist and you're really religious, you'll probably try a few more religions that are less institutionalized. And definitely, mm-hmm. 
in in the West at least, Buddhism isn't very institutionalized. That's why we think it's oh, it's not a religion, it's a philosophy because it's here not it it, here. It is. Yeah. It is not like that in the East. Okay. It is very much a religious institution. Child priests. And... Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. look at look at Tibet as a classic example of a Buddhist priest class that essentially had uh, you know a, a serfdom. Uh, with their slavish population contributing absolutely nothing of value uh, and and being like any other fucking institution. But ar- around here, we get to kind of take the elements that we feel most attracted to. And I think that there's, you know, there, there's no, there's a pretty good reason why the Buddhism here is very secular. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't involve reincarnation as much. The concept of karma is taking almost with a grain of salt. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's there's very there's very little in in terms of institution. I mean, how many people that are, that you know that are Buddhists in the West bother going to fucking temple? Or I have temple you know I have this great story about uh, the second guy I dated who was Buddhist, and him explaining to me. You know, I just I was interested. I'm like, what do you like about it? And he said, well, there's just little moments. He went to apparently uh, the Buddhist temple in Calgary, and uh, there was whatever the guy in charge there was, and they had a conversation. He was telling me about the conversation, and it was kind of interesting. And then part of the story was about this ant farm. And this guy, this Buddhist priest, I don't know the terminology, the guy who was the Buddhist guy who was in charge, who was like Buddhist dude. special, he had an ant farm. And on the ant farm, he had taped, with scotch tape, a picture of the Buddha. Okay? Okay. And the explanation for this insane, insane thing that he did was because you, when you're reincarnated, you go up a tier, you go down a tier. So what he was doing was he was helping the ants ascend to the next level of enlightenment because of the taping of the Buddha picture. Apparently, these ants would become more enlightened and be able to transcend their low class on the reincarnation thing. They might come back as a better animal and then have a chance to become human and then, you know, above human, I guess, is the god level. And the whole time he's telling me the story, he's thinking, he's just telling me this really wonderful story and I'm going to understand. And inside my brain the whole time I'm just going, you're a fucking moron. How does this not sound crazy to you? I am not sleeping with you for like a week. Not because I'm punishing him, but just because it's like you have stopped being sexy. And that is a punishment. No, it's just you stopped being sexy. I'm not saying I did do that. I, I don't, I, I really I'll can't tell you wait. What, I'll tell you what I feel is, <laughs> is ironic about Buddhism in general because the, the history of Buddhism is almost a direct... Um, retaliation against the very class-oriented Hinduism. Uh, if you know a little hmm. bit about Hinduism, they, they use karma as a way to explain why there are upper classes and lower classes. And it's no coincidence that most of these classes are divided amongst skin color. Uh, the lighter you are, typically the higher class you are. And if you're a higher class, it's assumed that you did something right and that you're being rewarded for that. So it's very it's it's impossible for you to move out of your class like the the lowest class which is the untouchables the people that you hear about sometimes these guys are just like if you run over these guys if you're an upper class it doesn't matter you wouldn't even go to jail oh my god and uh and they're just considered like the rabble and 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 even they themselves think that they merit this that they did something bad in their past lives so the the story of buddhism actually begins by trying to reject this very rigid class system and the i mean the uh, the irony of course being that uh you know the the supposed founder siddhartha or the buddha makes a statement that's very clear saying i am not an avatar i am not i am not a deity i am just a person who seeks enlightenment blah 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 
of course, that's not enough for people. You know, you can tell them I am not a god, but people need to believe in, you know, a, a higher entity. And so they deify Buddha, <laughs> even though it specifically says that you should not do that. I think there's something almost deliciously ironic about it. And, and, and that's why kind of, you know, anybody who tells me Buddhism is not a religion, I'm like, the, the founding principles of Buddhism may not be religious. They may actually, you know, they are, they, 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 they have far more philosophy than, than Hinduism, but they're still marred with many of the same kind of traditions and, and, and belief systems. I mean, they also believe in, in, in karma. They also believe to some degree in reincarnation. And I think the most destructive belief in Buddhism is this idea that you need to get rid of all suffering because apparently that causes desire. I mean, desire causes suffering. And I'm like, we have to have desire. Desire is a great thing. You know, if you want to change things for the better, that is a good desire. Going and isolating yourself in a fucking cave and, and moving yourself away from all desire, I don't think that's a particularly useful emotion. I think if we all did that, the world would kind of be a crappy fucking place. You have desires. They're in, in, they're in an innate part of you. And yeah, sometimes they can cause suffering. They can cause you to be restless. I don't think there's anything wrong with being restless. I think when we are too fulfilled, we don't do anything. You know, in, in a, a person once asked me, why, why do we get depressed? And I think the reason we get depressed is because we, uh, we're we not always conscious of what's going on. We're not always aware that some of the things that we do may not be the best for us. We need to have emotional triggers that force us to create change in our lives. But if you're a Buddhist, you try to get rid of all of these things, you know, whether good or bad. I think that's ridiculous. I think that is fucking ridiculous. And you could say that's a philosophy. And if it is, it's a bad one. It's a poor fucking philosophy. <laughs> well, that book I've been trying to get you to read, The uh, Four-Hour Workweek, Tim Ferriss talks about how... Um, oh, you and Tim Ferriss. I love that man so very much. Um, he talks about how the opposite of, of love is not hate. The opposite of love is, is indifference. indifference. It's an old saying. I, no, but he brings it back to the idea that, like, you know, if, if you just... If you just hit that point where there's no desire, there's no hate, there's no pain in your life, which is the Buddhist ideal, you get what he talks about as being ADD in terms of adult onset uh, adventure deficit disorder, that the human <laughs> mind craves adventure and, and the Buddhists try and, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm always super careful when I talk about Buddhism because there are so many types that I, I don't know how many times I've talked about Buddhism with someone and they're like, no, they believe this. And I'm like, well, there's probably a sect that believes that. So yeah, you're probably right. Well, like, there's different, there's lots so of different careful. types of Buddhism. There's, it's not just one thing. You but know, I'm, what I'm going to say is forms. to make sure I don't get in trouble. It's just like, there tend to be a lot of Buddhist tendencies that move towards an ideal that is uh, kind of nothingness, like no love, no hate, no possessions, no, anger no fun no fun and they do have kind of the the Taoist idea that you know even knowledge is kind of bad to some extent and i'm like that's the one that pisses me off that's the one that i will never be okay with the whole idea like knowledge is bad you should know nothing that the they, they talk about Empty how your mind yeah the child what? is in his pure state of wisdom because he's not polluted by knowledge and i'm like you make no, me so angry the child is an idiot have you taught children they're fucking morons they're, morons. they're cute they're cute and they're fun to play with, but they're fucking little idiots. No, you know what it is? <laughs> Sometimes a kid will say something and you're like, wow, that seems really insightful because they're just... they just Maybe sometimes they parrot something they've heard or once in a while they're just recombining language in a way that seems really Monkeys deep. typing on a keyboard to some extent. It is. I mean, uh, I remember 
my my teachers in I think I was five years old thought that I was really deep because I wrote a little a little essay that everybody you know, everybody had to write one and I wrote that I had lost my god. Really, it was just a I misspelled dog. <laughs> but they were like, "Wow, your son is really deep." No, no, no. He was he was talking about the dog, but uh, he was a very bad speller. <laughs> and uh, the, and and anyone who visits the site should be aware that I'm a bad speller. So. I I don't. I don't feel bad that you're a bad speller. I'm a terrible speller, and I have crappy grammar. So okay. actually, it makes me feel better, because it's like, oh, if Jacob can write, maybe <laughs> I can write, too. Wow, I give you hope? You give me hope. That's sad. I should give no one hope. Let's go back, though, because we went a little bit off topic. I want to go back to a sort of like dating. Shut up. Dating <laughs> uh, people that are atheists when you are an atheist. I mean, I admit that it's got to be pretty hard to find girls that uh you know that are out of the atheist closet because uh even when i was trying to find some people to 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 take part in the hot atheist calendar the most difficult aspect of it is with a lot of girls were like i'm not out of the atheist closet and i'm not sure if i want other people to know hmm. and it's i think it's easier for guys to 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 come out of the atheist closet that's why if you go to you know an atheist convention oftentimes it is a bit of a sausage fest uh, it's not to say Sweet. that there are no atheist girls. That's, it's a, I didn't know that. I haven't been to any atheist girls. <laughs> I am totally going I'm totally now. there. Sausage fest. What? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but uh, I think that to some degree, I mean, there's, there is a lot of risk in, uh, in making your uh, irreligiosity known to other people, specifically if you live in certain parts of the U.S. And, and I do know for a fact that girls are more averse to risk than men. Not counting you, who breathes fire, but you know you're a bit of a you're a bit of an oddball. Thank uh, you. <laughs> it's a compliment. Okay. Total compliment. <laughs> so a backhanded compliment. You know, I, I I can understand that just the reality of it is you may not have as much choice as you would like, but I think it's one of those things where if you really want a serious, committed relationship with someone, you're you're thinking about say having kids with someone. You really need to think about what they believe because what you believe you can keep separate until you need to teach some other living creature what you think the universe is like. And if a person believes that a 2,000-year-old illiterate Jew is a god and it will come back to rapture everyone up to heaven and destroy the earth... You know that you might feel that that's not cool to well, teach and if, kids. If you're an atheist and you're in your dating, you have a you have a couple of mentalities that you could fit into. One, you're dating religious people and going, you know what? I just don't care that much. Not a big deal. I think you people, that's fine. But again, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not that kind of person. If you're a hardcore atheist, you're going to date someone who's religious. You think one of two things. You think one. It's never going to be irritating enough for me to actually, for this to be a problem. But the thing is, is if you're a hardcore atheist, there's a chance you're just going to get more and more hardcore. And what they say is going to be more and more freaking annoying. And there's another person where you think, well, this person's not crazy religious. Maybe I can convert them. And just speaking from my experience, I didn't mean to convert anyone. But the last boyfriend I had was sort of non-theist, kind of one of those people who's like, oh, I'm sure there's something out there in the universe. I just don't know what it is. And you're like, fucking fence sitter. It's not even offensive, or it's like unnecessary belief. It's like they've come to terms with they can live their whole life without God, but they just put him there just to, for no fuck. I don't well, understand. You know, you know what I think the reason is, is shit the, the, the reason all. is my my dad's kind of the same way. He's he's kind of believes in Spinoza's God that you know that uh, the higher being is the universe itself, and blah 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 blah. And I think that 
The reason for that is a lot of people have this tendency to romanticize abstractions. And what's more abstract than the fucking universe? Yeah. You want to romanticize it because you're saying, well, if I romanticize it, it means I give it some meaning. Because for the most part, the universe is meaningless. It's just a bunch of things happening due to... You know, a few fundamental laws of the universe acting on one another. Gravity, strong or weak nuclear force, electromagnetic force. These forces interacting produce us, produce supernovas, produce nebulas, produce all kinds of cool things. But it doesn't all really have a fucking purpose. And and as beautiful and as great as it is to be alive, a lot of times it's exactly the opposite. It's horrifying, cruel, brutish, (laughs) frightening, awful and you don't, you know, you want to have some way to to, to separate that. I know, separate <laughs> that harsh reality. So if you romanticize and you're like, well, um, the the universe is God, and and uh, and therefore, you know, the, this higher power has some plan, and gives us meaning, and so on and so forth. Because I mean, at the end of the day, this is what everybody is obsessed with this this idea of meaning. Why are we here? And more importantly, what does it mean to be alive? And I, I've always thought that that question to be very, not silly, I mean, because I can understand where it comes from, but the answers that we always come up with are totally unsatisfactory. We're the ones who have to give it meaning. There is no inherent meaning, but that doesn't mean that we can't give it any meaning. No, but it makes sense for the human mind to try and seek order out of chaos. That's what we're naturally built to do. I mean, look at any random array of, of uh, strings on the ground and you'll be able to see the human face. I mean, that's just how our brains work. We're looking for order and chaos. We do, So I guess I do respect the idea that some people are like, oh, the universe is something. I just... I I, I kind of... There's so many of those people. I just... It's frustrating. Anyway, but he was one of those people and... Uh, and I think that some people, yeah, again, if you're a hardcore atheist, either you think uh, it'll never become an issue, or you think this person's probably going, is just on their way to atheism. And uh, if that's true, <laughs> there's a chance, a pretty good chance, that that person's fall from grace, they're going to associate it with you. And that is not... It's not always easy to it's stop not believing. It's not easy. It's embarrassing, especially if, if they really like you and, and they might feel embarrassed that they believe something so silly and that, you know, you believed something else ahead of them. That that could really change the power dynamic in a relationship and make them feel really uncomfortable, make them feel stupid. That's a good point. And, and also the idea that they have to go through and kill everybody who ever lived and, you know, they that might... a fun afternoon. <laughs> they might feel alienated by their family. They might feel uncomfortable in religious ceremonies. They might associate that with you and think that that is your fault. That's going to cause animosity in the relationship. So if you're a hardcore atheist and you want to date religious people, or even people who are not other atheists, there are two relatively bad outcomes. I mean, one, you're just going to get more annoyed with them as you get more atheist, or they're going to convert and get mad. I mean, there's a chance that they'll convert and you'll be both live happily ever after, and then there's also the chance that their religiosity will never bug you. But I think those are far more unlikely than the other two options. The end of the at the end of the day everybody if you're listening to this show my best advice is try not to date anybody that's religious. And you know what I know that there's probably a few people out there that do and they're and and maybe to some degree the radio show is a little bit of therapy for them. They're mm. like, "Oh, it's so frustrating. This person that I love is being such a fucking moron." And I mean 
trust me, I know what that's like. <laughs> I have family members and loved ones that I'm just, you know, you, it boggles your mind how they could believe something just so inherently silly or stupid. But sometimes, you know, you, you can kind of understand it a little bit more if if you look at it from the perspective of, well, these are still vulnerable apes that want magic or meaning in their lives and these belief systems provide that and they they don't you know a lot of people don't feel that in, intellectual integrity is as necessary as feeling good and i'm i'm like i don't separate the two for me having intellectual integrity feels good having a consistent world view feels good yeah you a got, world that makes sense yeah you religious people out there you should give it a fucking try it is awesome you know when you wake <laughs> up and you're just sort of like wondering hey why do all these bad things happen if god loves me there is no god and that explains it all there is no god but the amazing thing is all of this works without one and that should blow your fucking mind. It blows my mind every day. I just here's All the, the thing time. that would freak me out. If every time science came up with something new, cool, and interesting, I had to kind of rectify with the beliefs I already held to be true about God and the universe, that would be exhausting. Oh, I am so glad I gave up on the whole crazy religious thing when I did because I love finding out about new technologies and science. And to think that I would have to go through the process of making that work in my current deluded world... I, I don't think I'd have the same uh, relationship I mean, with ima science. Imagine that other people that believe the same thing that you did were also super against science. How would that make you feel? You know, it, it, I, I would just be, I would go crazy. And, and I know that a lot of people out there tell themselves, oh, there's absolutely no conflict between my religion and, and belief in science. And to that I answer, well, it's not because you have compartmentalized the two. You know, the, 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 the fundamental principles of Christianity, the belief that a man died and was resurrected, violates everything that we know about life and about the human body, about everything. It, it is a violation. And you could say, well, that's what makes it a miracle. What the fuck is a miracle? What the... Find me one miracle, jackass. And totally, Find me one. It totally makes you figure out, like... Just the idea of miracles already violates the the terms of noma, like the non overlapping magisteriums. Yeah. Like religion is always stepping on the toes of of science, always, always, always. If not th directly through like stem cell research interruptions and this everything like that, then indirectly through things like just miracles. Oh, this this thing floated. They were well, if that's true, then we if if that is a fucking proof, then we have to reinterpret the way we see. The gravity <laughs> like if that thing can float then that's possible if god can just change anything that he created in terms of molecules and forces anytime he wants the universe would be a very different being or being i mean or being very different thing. place to live it's not a being in yeah are you even an atheist oh my god oh my god we I've have a secret religionist out. In, religionist in our midst what i that's the word i use it's it, it is it, it encompasses all people who believe in something supernatural religionists that's my word i like it what else are you gonna call it believers i mean we all believe in things it's just that religionists in my mind are specifically those that believe in things that are either improvable or improbable or flat out ridiculous flat out 
Okay, I'm going to let you have your word, but... Fucking uh, you better. <laughs> I think we can come up with a better word. And I think there probably exists a word already. But you can have your word because it's your show. Word. It's your show. That is exactly what it is. Okay, before we go, <laughs> I just want to thank everybody, uh, all the patrons who uh, make this uh, possible. Trust me, your contributions are very appreciated. And, uh, you know, to all the all of you that are listening, I hope that you'll remain a patron for uh, Good Atheist for a long time to come. Not just because I like money, uh, <laughs> but because I enjoy entertaining you guys, and I hope that uh, we'll keep getting better. I mean, there's lots we have lots of great plans, and, uh, you know, I keep trying to experiment with new uh, guest hosts, which is why Chris is here, and, and, and it seems like... I'm an like, experiment. Oh, <laughs> you are a little experiment, mm. but... Uh, and I and I think you guys yes. appreciate it. It's always nice to have a different conversation because everybody brings their own flair and flavor to it. And uh, hopefully, Carissa brings. Uh, what kind of flair do I bring? You that's, know, I that's don't, a good question. Come, that is a good question. Can, can I don't the, want to answer that question. Can the bonus people comment on the bonus podcast? You know, the bonus people don't leave a lot of comments, but oh. uh, you can encourage them to do so for the sake of you. If yeah. you want to leave com- more comments about Chris, what you no, just what like kind of flair? Like, what is it? Because I, I guess that's true. I mean, we have the gay opinion. We have Ryan, which is I think he is your your. Uh, he's the non-theist opinion. So yeah, like the, he's like I the don't really give foil. a shit. Yeah, yeah. He's my foil. Which I like. What am I? I don't know what that is. I have no idea. You're what? like a you're like a sexy clone of me. That's what you are. We're too similar. It's scary. Yeah. Okay, with that, we're going to catch everybody for the regular show in a few days, and um, I'd like to thank you again for being with us. My name is Jacob Fortin. Oh, and I'm Carissa Hendricks. Have a good atheist day, everybody. Bye.